Energy is everything, right? So the business is always a reflection of your energy, your energy and your team's energy. You know, when the energy's up, practice is up. When your energy is flat, the practice is flat. When your energy is down, the practice is down. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, all welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Dr. Pete here along with Dr. Stephen Franson. We're your co-hosts and we are excited to be podcasting with you. In this episode, we're going to discuss part two in the series of energy. Part two is all about what's important next. In the episode before this energy part one, we talked about how important it is for you to determine what's important right now and focusing your team's energy. Today, it's all about planning and productivity. It's how to be the most productive in your role as the CEO. We're also going to talk about a tool that we use with our clients called the CEO Project Planner. Absolutely transformed my life. I'm going to be sharing about how that has happened. And uh, again, we're excited for all of you who are who are tuning in, whether you're tuning in for the first time or you've been tuning in. We want to welcome you to this uh, to this program, this podcast. We've been getting amazing feedback, but I just want to say one thing, Dr. Stephen. We've been honored to be on the road uh, these past uh, few weeks, you and I both, all over the country, seeing chiropractors, talking with chiropractors about how to grow their practices, how to create more remarkable practices, part of a remarkable life. We've also been getting awesome feedback about the podcast. It's been cool. Uh, I was recently in New Jersey and I had people come up to me like, hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We were out in uh, ChiroFest, people coming up to us like, man, I love your podcast. It's been really cool to, to get that um, as we've traveled the country uh, this fall. But uh, man, it's just awesome to be be a part of this with everyone. Yeah, I know it is. Uh, Dr. Pete, we talk about uh, the CEO being the chief energy officer, right? So, you know, this is the energy conversation we're going to have today. So energy is everything, right? So the business is always a reflection of your energy, your energy and your team's energy, you know, when the energy's up, practice is up. When your energy's flat, the practice is flat. When your energy's down, the practice is down. So, you know, that should make everybody sphincteric. Uh, you know, you should be like, oh my gosh, what can I do to gauge the energy? What can I do to influence the energy? What can I do to ramp up the energy? Because really energy is everything. So that's going to be a big part of the conversation here today. And, you know, just speaking about it, energizing this is like the, the trip out to like Fest was just so energizing. I get to spend time at Detroit at the Mac and just, it is, it's incredibly energizing, not just to be up on the stage and speaking and sharing this message, but just being able to connect, like really get to speak to people that, you know, otherwise we probably would not have gotten to speak to. So um, I, I want to share a, a testimonial from uh, one guy that I do, I'm very fortunate to connect with regularly, uh, one of our clients, uh, Dr. Kevin Walton who's just a sweetheart. Uh, and he's literally like, he's an avatar for what chiropractic needs today. We need a thousand copies of Kevin Walton. So I want to share his testimonial. I was honored by his introduction actually at the max. So um, I'm choosing his review of the podcast to, to share with you guys today. So uh, I've been a big fan of both Dr. Franson and Dr. Camiolo for quite a while now. I've always appreciated their very real, no fluff approach to business building systems and leadership. This podcast is going to help a lot of docs out there who need solid, sound advice in the realm of business and practice growth. Tony Robbins speaks of modeling as being one of the greatest secrets to success in business and in life. Well, I can't think of too many better people to model than Dr. Franz and Dr. Camiolo. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, I highly recommend everything that these guys are doing, including this podcast, 
to docs who want to model real success. So that one's coming from Chad750. Thank you so much, Dr. Chad. Uh, we got one from Matt Van over here. So Maddie from um, Chicago, uh, excuse me, from actually from Michigan. Uh, these are these are a great way to start your day off. Perfect for getting your mind right to serve the community all week. Listen to this. Even though I'm not the CEO, it gives me a great mindset of what my CEO is thinking and how I can stay on the same page with him and share the mission. Man, I just love that. Maddie's just such a beast. That's so awesome. Thank you, Matt. And then this one from our friend, Dr. Kevin Walton, clarity and content on the principles of building a world-class chiropractic business and a life of service to humanity. These guys walk the walk and talk, walk the talk and have brought so much truth to our profession through diligent th thinking, studying, and living congruently with their message. They fill my heart with, and my head with action steps and a new way to live out not only my practice, but my life and my home life. Love and appreciation for all the powerful words. Dr. Kevin, you're awesome, man. Thanks again for that awesome introduction in Michigan. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Dr. Steven. I um, so encourage just hearing the the words coming out of you know the listeners' mouths. And you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this with you and, and for all of our amazing docs tuning in. And what's cool is like you said, you know, some of the docs that are listening to this necessarily aren't the CEO. You know, that, that's such a powerful concept that, but here's the thing we always talk about. And this is what I always say with my team. I said, listen, if 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 I'm the CEO, everybody wins. Like your, your role, if you're an associate doctor or you're a check-in CA or you're an office manager or you're a marketing person, if I'm doing CEO well, it's going to be way better for you to do what you do well. It really just works that way. It, all the votes rise. So when one person is in a position of strength with clarity and, and purpose and intention and focus and they're productive, everybody else has an opportunity to, to get to that same place. And especially if it's the leader, right? Of the organization, so I love that we heard that, Doc, because I, I didn't expect—I didn't even know you were going to share that testimonial—and and that just goes to show the value. If you're a CEO listening, the value of you becoming a CEO translates to every person on your team. If you're a person on the team and you're listening to this show, the value of your doctor becomes a CEO translates to you, right? Yeah. So it's it it it's it's all works together for the good. Yeah, when we talk about the difference between a job and a business, business is being scalable, durable, and transferable. We talk about a culture. This is a culture. Listen, that's a better place to work in. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, whether, like you said, you're a CA or you're an office manager uh, or you're an associate doctor, it's just a better place to work, which is why this, this material, this work, this content, this premise is just so important for chiropractic. It's time for chiropractic to grow up. Yeah. It's time for chiropractic to grow up and start behaving like a, like a real business. It was interesting because when I first introduced this concept, even to my team, I, I was actually a little bit, um, I was nervous about it because I thought, okay, if I'm telling my team that I'm being, I'm going to CEO and I'm going to become the CEO, I thought that they would, they would almost like shun me. They would, they would, they would push me away. Like, who do you think you are? Like, what does that mean? Right. I, Cause I had this concept of like a hierarchical concept, like I'm up here and you're down there and it's not that at all doc. And we've talked about this on other episodes, but Really, the role of the CEO is to raise up everyone else, actually. It's actually identifying the genius in the people, putting them in that position where they can truly succeed and win, and then shining the light on them and, and supporting them and helping them elevate, right? That's really the role of the CEO. And what's happened is that transformation for me, where I was anxious, worried, a little bit concerned about sharing this with my team, how would this go over? What would they think of me now? Like, what's happened to you? What did you? What are you listening to now? Like, what? What's the new thing? Right. Like, you, right, you right. Know? And it's like, no, it's not that. It, it's actually I'm changing, and that's why we talk about doc. Two things have to happen. Number one, 
You got to turn your job into a business. That's step number one in the transformation. Step number two is you have to go from being an owner operator to the CEO. That's an identity shift. And that was for me, I had to shift in my identity first. And then as a result of that identity shift, my behaviors began to shift, which is interesting because that had definitely affected my energy and my team's energy, which is interesting because we're going to get into some a tool that we use as CEOs that really helps to govern the energy for myself, but also the team. Yeah, this is a critical notion. So when we talk about owner-operator and the owner-operator looking at becoming a CEO, the fear that you were experiencing, we all felt it, right? So I definitely felt it. You know, I went from being the man, right? The center of attention. I was the star of the show. It was the Franson show, right? And I was just, uh, you know, it's such trepidation when I was like, man, I got to be able to start surrounding myself with other people and delegating. And as an owner-operator, because I hadn't made the identity shift to CEO, I was looking at that as like, is this a selfish pursuit? Is this something that's going to compromise our quality? You know, I, I, was, I was fearful that my team would judge it and my patients would judge it, right? So that is like, oh my gosh, what's he doing? He's pulling back, you know, he's getting lazy. That, like that's an owner-operator perspective. That's before yeah. the identity shift because there's so much ego involved in being the owner-operator. And I'll tell you what, there's humility as a CEO. C- yeah. CEOs just step back and be like, okay, so I need to get smaller and they need to get bigger. Um, I need to make sure that everybody is just, I'm surrounding myself with the right people. Remember, that's the asterisk on all this, man. You got to put that asterisk on there that I got to surround myself with the right people. Triple underline that if you're taking notes right now, because that's table stakes for all of this working, by the way. You got to surround yourself with the right people and then trust them, right? Delegate to them, train them and trust them, trust but verify. This is what a CEO does. You've got to get smaller. They've got to get bigger. And that's when the organization is going to become truly scalable and durable. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about, I'm just going to um, magnify the surround yourself with the right people concept, because that's absolutely critical for in your business to do that. I would also say as a CEO, it's important to surround yourself with the right people. Meaning for me, doc, I was surrounded by other people that were also becoming CEOs and going through the CEO journey in their businesses. That was what really propelled me forward is putting myself in an environment where I was being held accountable by other people who wanted to be held accountable to be CEOs. And that to me was transformative. That's really what birthed a lot of this, this idea and transformation in my world was because it wasn't like I read a book or I listened, just listened to a podcast and I was like, okay, I'm becoming the CEO. I actually plugged into an environment where I became accountable to say, I have a standard. There's a standard that I know that is should be for me to function better as a leader in my organization. I'm going to call it a CEO. And what does that look like? How does that person behave? What does that person look like? What's that? What's that? How does that person show up and being accountable to that? And that's what I love about being able to mastermind with other CEOs. This is a cool thing that we get to do, Doc, is and, and so surrounding yourself as a CEO in your business with the right people, but also surrounding yourself as a CEO with the right people, which is other CEOs. So I mean, important. you're talking about peer group, right? So yeah. this is like, this is a really critical, you know, element of success is just recognized as like, you know, what does Tony Robbins say? You're the, the aggregate average of the people you spend the most, the five people you spend the most time with. I'm sure I butchered that concept, but we get the picture, right? So it's like, who are you hanging around with? You yeah. know, if you're an owner operator today and all of your friends, your peers, right? So your other peer group in chiropractic are all owner operators and you're trying to become the CEO, you're going to get resistance from them, right? And at the very least, it's neutral. Nobody's going to be pulling you forward. 
right? So you've got to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people that you want to become more like, right? That doesn't mean you have to fire your old friends. What it means is you got to make sure you're really deliberate about surrounding yourself with people you want to be more like, people that are like on that same journey, some people that are ahead of you on that journey, right? So there's so much wisdom in being able to communicate just directly and frankly with somebody who's been where you're trying to go. You know, the yeah, best- I mean- the best way to learn what's coming down the road is to talk to somebody who's on their way back down that road, right? That's right. You know, when we ask in a leadership question, the leadership question is, who do I need to become? It also should be, who do I need to surround myself with to become, right? So who is that tribe? Who is that peer group? Who is that accountability? Because who you surround yourself with moving forward, and this is actually, Doc, a perfect segue into, I think, what we're talking about today. But if you think about casting your vision, you know, we talk about, Part of being having um, you know great remarkable energy is being able to be productive now and being able to stay focused now, but also having a direction of where you're going in the future. And today, what we're gonna when you know we're gonna unpack some things. There's two things that are com- gonna come glaring today. One is vision, and two is leadership, because to determine what's important next requires vision, and it requires leadership. Because it's not the very moment moment. Like it's not in the this moment. It's actually strategic. It's planning. It's looking ahead. And that's that's a discipline that as an owner operator, we tend to we don't we I'm not gonna say we avoid it. It just it's not a priority when you're in that frame of of thinking and that way of operating. It's very present time. Here's what's important now and that's all that I really think about. And it's a very different approach as a CEO to say, I'm actually going to take time out of my week to think about the future. Yeah. Well, I just need to deal with today and what's going on right now, the fire that I'm putting. It's a very different, it's a shift, man. And it was a shift in my world. I'll be honest with you. Um, and it, it was disruptive in many ways, but man, what an important thing to do. Uh, but you've got it again, getting surrounded with the right people is just so important. Yeah. And you got to look over the top of this on the spirit of the topic today is around planning, right? So um, ultimately look at this in a very linear way. This is a process. This is, this is just operational process, right? There's planning, then there's preparation, then there's execution, then there's assessment, right? So that's what we're all doing at any given time, right? So it's planning, right? Planning, preparing, executing and assessing. That's it. Okay. So the owner operator spends so much time in execution by definition, you're in it, doing it, right? You're in it, doing it head down, bum up. That's what that means. When you spend so much time in execution and listen to this, ironically, the more successful you get, the bigger problem this becomes, right? You spend more, so much time, so much of your time doc is already spoken for executing Do you ever feel like at the end of a busy day, man, oh my gosh, I was so busy today. I didn't get anything done. (laughs) And that's like, that is, that is the walk of a successful quote unquote successful owner operator. Oh my gosh, I was so busy today. I didn't get anything done. It's because you are in it doing it, right? You're, you're, you are stuck in the execution phase. So when you're in that execution stage operationally, that doesn't leave time for planning. It doesn't leave time for preparation and it doesn't leave time for assessing, yeah. right? So you're not learning and growing and going, right? So the shift that has to happen here from owner operator to CEO is, man, you have got to free yourself up from the execution role. That doesn't mean you never get to see patients or listen to this, 
You don't have to see patients. I hate that expression. We get to see patients, yeah. but there's a big difference between having to see patients and getting to see patients. And we all know the difference, right? So as you free up and you claw back some of your time, energy, and focus, you use your money to buy other people, associate doctors. You use your money to buy their time, energy, and focus to free up your time, energy, and focus. Now you've got the time, energy, and focus that you need for planning, preparation, and then assessing on the backside of execution. Yeah. And here's, I mean, this is like so much, there's so much good to like, we could just pause here and just stop because here's what ends up happening. If you get caught up in the execution part, which is what most of us did, what do we do? We plan, we prepared by going to school. Then you took the national boards, you passed the boards, then you open in your town. And most doctors do a lot of kind of prepping and maybe planning like uh, during school. And some don't actually, but, uh, but hopefully you did. And then you go into the business and maybe that first year in business, you're really focusing on, but then once that happens, you go into the build phase. Most docs, the level of planning and preparation keeps going lower and lower and lower. And it gets to like this, like literally you've just got like a small, just amount of it in your life. Cause you're so busy executing. So when you came out of school, it was all planning, prepping, launching. And then this, it, the, the actual trend is going down, down, down. What actually has to happen is once you come out of that build, you're going to that build season of your career, which again, we talk about how important all this, Dr. Steven, like you've prepped all these years, you should be building, right? Like focus, head down, bum up, do it. Like that is exactly what you should do. Yeah, exactly right. But there has to come to a time where the shift happens. And that's what we're talking about is when you go from being the owner operator, to the CEO is saying, hey, I've identified the fact I've been executing for a long time. And this has been an amazing, glorious season. I, I've just helped so many people. I've mastered just wonderful things like clinically. I'm a great clinician, communication, business acumen, right? I've communicated. I'm really honing in my philosophy and building a team around me. I've done these things. Now it's time to really come back out. And I need to relook at how I've done because I built this whole thing around me. And we've got to some level of success, whatever you define your definition of success is. Now the shift happens says, okay, and we're going back to the beginning in a sense. We're going full circle, time to prepare and plan again. It's like you're going back to school. That's what it feels like for a lot of these docs we get to work with. And I'll be honest, on the prep and plan thing, a lot of the docs push back that we get to work with, like, you know, our clients. And it's it sometimes it's like, well, but then I love when they circle back around like, man, I didn't realize how much planning I needed. Like, I wasn't planning and prepare. I wasn't doing this stuff enough. And now I need more time. I just want more time to do that because I'm seeing the value. Oh, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. We have with these levels of addiction because the addictions are based on outcomes, yeah. right? So and outcomes make us feel a certain way. We get this dopamine response, right? So if you're the owner operator and you're locked into the execution phase of things, the dopamine is right there for you, baby. Yeah. It's like boom, 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 boom. You're knocking it out, knocking it out of the park, hitting goals. Collections are good. Cash flow covers a lot of sins, all that stuff. I mean, we can tell ourselves great stories, right? So, and like we said, we don't want to dishonor this the season of the career. It's absolutely essential. You do not get to skip it or you won't have the chops to go to scale and eventually to exit, right? So ultimately, guys, this is awesome unless you don't recognize that you are in that season and you are deliberately planning for scale and exit. So today is all about planning. So when you start thinking about, man, I'm, I am in execution right now. I am in execution mode. And I recognize that what I'm missing is the time and the space and time to do the planning and the preparation to either make the transition from build to scale or from scale to scaling well, yeah. right? Or from scale to exit, right? So what's next for you, Doc? Like, what do you have 
set aside on your regular calendar. I'm talking about every single week. Okay. And I'd make the argument for every single day. There's definitely every single week for planning and then every single day for preparation. But that's the subject of, I think our next episode is on preparation. Today's all about planning. You need to get into the habit and the culture of planning. It's, it's plan, then prepare, then execute, then assess. Let's talk about the 90 day action plan. Yeah, so one of the the quotes that I love, Dr. Steven, I think you'll love this, and you too, Doc, as you're listening, um, is from Dale Carnegie. He said, an hour of planning can save you 10 hours of doing. I just I just let that sink in. Like one hour, and this is all I'm going to do. This is, this is my action step for you today from this call, or from this um, episode, this ep- podcast. Spend one hour of planning. That's what I want you to do. Just spend an hour this week doing planning. Looking at your business, when we, when I finish what I'm about to walk through, just do something for an hour. And what Dale says, you're going to gain, it's a 10 hour, it's a 10x return on investment. It's a 10x in return. So if, if it's worth it, if 10x is something you're interested in, because that seems to be a trend that the 10x is out there, you know, now, um, then this is how you do it. You actually plan. So the first thing that you do when it comes to the 90 day action plan doc is you've got to start with your vision. It starts with vision. And what, what I recommend is you start at least with a three-year vision. What's your three-year vision from now? We talk about what's your vision story, right? But let's just say if you were to quantify your vision three years from now, you know, I love this question. If, if, if we were to look back three years from now over what's happened over the last three years, what would have had to happen for you to be really happy, right? What would, what would have had to happen for you to be really happy looking back three years from now? That's a great question to ask yourself. So think about this. Three years from now, looking back, what will have had to happen in my business for me to be really happy with it? So things that you might consider documenting, volume, maybe revenue, uh, maybe your team, maybe your your lifestyle and schedule. Those are a few things to throw out there that you might want to put in the the category of three years from now, I want to see this many people. I want to have this type of collections. I want to have this type of schedule and have this type of team. That'd be awesome. That's just a general framework. You might want to use something like that three years from now because you could write documents and and a whole huge thing about three years from now. Quantify it in one to four metrics, okay? And then do the same thing for one year from now. So then say, okay, if that's three years from now, this is my target. I want to be here. What's one year from now? So then answer that question. One year from now, for me to be really satisfied and, and feeling really good about what's happened over the past year, I would have, this would have had to happen. What is that? Think about you know, your volume, the growth of your business. Think about your revenues, profit. Think about your schedule, your time. Think about your team. Those are the things I'd focus on. Those would be the goals, the targets. And then the third, the third question as far as visionary goes, what about 90 days from now? If you were to look back 90 days from now, what would have had to happen over the last 90 days for you to be really happy and satisfied at the end of this 90-day period of time? Just start with generally asking that question. And again, look at the categories. Let's talk about volume. Let's talk about revenue. Let's talk about your schedule, your time, and then you have to talk about your team. Because those four, to me, if you can, if you can have like a quantifiable metric for those four categories, everything else is gonna is there's a lot of work behind to make all that happen, but you've got to get those. Dr. Steven, to me, that's the general framework that we start with. Let's start with your vision and then let's get into, you know, let, what are the projects we need to focus on? Yeah, I love this. So, you know, the Navy SEALs say the best way to hit a target is to walk up, jam an arrow into the bullseye and take 20 paces backwards. I love that, man. 
because what they're saying is, you know, you're not going to miss this target. It's just like jam it right in there and then reverse engineer it, right? Like walk backwards. So why don't we do that exact same thing with our businesses to be able to say, listen, I know exactly where I want to land. All right. So, you know what, I'm going to lay this at God's feet, right? It's like, these are the plans of man and that's great. Get create clarity around that. This is exactly where I want to land. Here's my plan, right? And in order for that to manifest, for that to be a reality and not some pie in the sky, we like to say that a vision without a plan is a dream, right? But a vision with a plan is a mission. So that's, you know, that's, this is what we're talking about. Here's the plan, right? So it's like, my plan is that we will get here. Okay. And quantify that, right? So, you know, and it doesn't have to just be business, right? So we want to make sure that we're having a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. So, you know, one of the places I start is, what is my schedule going to look like? Yeah. <laughs> it's the craziest thing, right? It's like, you know, when people ask me, what's my definition of success? It's like, honestly, it's being able to watch the sunrise and the sunset every day with my family from our beach house, period. Now, somebody might stop and be like, well, that sounds kind of materialistic. No, it's not. Think about what I just said there. I want to be able to watch the sunrise and the sunset. What would that say about ownership over your schedule and time freedom? Okay. With my family. Okay. I want to be hanging out with my family. It's in other words, they would want to be with me. <laughs> right. I want Camilla. She and I settled. We celebrated 27 years together last night. Last night was the um, 27th anniversary of our first date. Right. So it's like, she still wants to be with me. How cool is that? I won. <laughs> I won. Right. So I want my kids to be, I have that same feeling. It's like, I want to be able to, the beach is really important and central to the culture of my family. We're ocean people. We're beach people. I want to be in the ocean. I want to be able to be able to be right there watching that sun come up and then watch it go down. Right. That doesn't mean I'm going to stay there all day. It means that I own my schedule. And when I first, first put that vision to words, I was a slave to my business. I was a slave to my job. First patient used to be at 6.45 in the morning, which meant huddle was at 6.30 in the morning. Think about that. I live in a different state from where I practice. I practice in Boston, live in New Hampshire. And I would finish up at 6.45 at night, be home at 7.30, miss bed, miss dinner time, absolutely. Very often miss bath time and sometimes bedtime. Didn't get to kiss my kids goodnight. I mean, it was at that point in my life, I'm like, that's what success looks like to me, right? I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have to make it anything other than that because I knew all of the things that would have had to fall in place to make that vision a reality. So with my mind's eye, with that video playing in my mind of that scene, okay, let's reverse engineer that. What would my schedule have to look like? What's my three-year mark? What am I going to have to, what was, what's three years look like? And then what would one year look like? And then what's that 90-day plan, man? Just stick the arrow in that thing and take 20 steps backwards. Yeah, this is so good, man. I, I really appreciate you making that, sharing that with us. Because I can say this, when you had that conviction, right, you got some clarity and you got, you were able to write it down, right? It's not written down. It doesn't exist. You're able to document. This is what my vision of success looks like. It didn't just happen that next day, right? You, you worked, you worked towards that, right? It, it happened over time that that actually manifested. And so that's one of the things that why it's so important to have this vision is because this is something you're working towards. You know, it's another quote. I love quotes, but this is uh, Peter Drucker says, unless commitment is made, there are only promises and hopes, but no plans. And so you have to commit to that then. So you committed to say sunrise, sunset, family, bam, beach, right? So that was the four things. It's like sunrise, sunset, family, beach, got it. It's like your, your whole self is committed to that. 
when you commit, right, it, it becomes, it becomes that it goes from that dream to that mission, right? It goes from that, that, you know, that idea to this is what's happening, right? And, and so the, the commitment really looks like for me, Dr. Steven, let's, 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 okay, so now you've got your three, you know, your vision, three year, one year, 90 days. Now what happens is let's create three projects that are going to drive you towards the achievement of that vision. Three projects. The reason why three? Well, because there's power in three, because four is too many and two is not enough. Three is just the right amount for most docs over 90 days. Again, a lot of you have more projects. Like if you looked at my list of projects that I have, there's more than three, but there are three specific projects that I am highlighting myself and with my team this quarter that I'm focusing in on and say, hey guys, I want you to have visibility into the three things. These are maybe the big rocks that I and we are working on and we are committing to and I'm going to recruit you to help me drive this forward because this is important now and this is what's important next because this is where we're going. Yeah. And that's what the three projects does. Hey, I give visibility to my team because I've documented and articulated and organized around three projects that we as an organization need to commit to, to move forward. And that's, so you take your 90 day action plan, your CEO project planner, and you break it down into three quantifiable projects doc. And there are, there are criteria that I have found that really help me organize the projects so that it's something that is actionable. There's accountability. It's easier to delegate and to ask others to come alongside, right? Because there's, we need, we need help. It takes a village. So this is a big part of, of the planning process. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the most valuable tools actually that we use inside of the Remarkable CEO program, right? So our clients appreciate the fact that we're forcing the function. You know, at the end of the day, most of the, most of the docs we get to work with, we're not teaching them or telling them anything they don't know already. And listen to that again. We're not teaching or telling you right now anything you don't know already, but there's a difference between knowing and doing, right? So when you have an organization that... Uh, you can follow. When you have a system, you can follow a process. When you have tools that you're leveraging that are intrinsic to the process, this 90-day project planner, the CO tool is, this is the foundation to everything else, right? So from there, you have, you know, vital signs, your metrics. And from there, you're going to have your accountability charts. And from there, you have your scorecards and your KPIs, right? So you have your marketing calendar, right? So all of these reporting systems that we have in place, these are the tools, but this is really the bedrock to it. And I know that really breaking it down is outside the scope of this conversation, but man, I just appreciate the fact that this, this forces the function. And I know that if we could get these CEOs to simply do this consistently yep. every single quarter, you have a 90 day CEO project plan done and in place. Just the fact that you've got it done I hate to hear myself say this, but it wouldn't even have to be done really well or right. Just getting it done, slowing down to speed up, carving out the time to do that planning and doing that in a very purposeful and deliberate way to be able to say, I am planning out these next, next 90 days. I'm super clear on my vision, my ultimate vision, my three-year plan, my one-year plan, but this is what's important now and this is what's important next. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. 
And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.